0: how do I get fresh revelation of Jesus? Mm. Like, what is it that I'm doing to make sure that I'm just seeing him from new angles and new perspectives and new, you know, different facets of his character and nature because he's infinitely faceted.
1: Hey, it's Nikki Fletcher. Welcome to the Art of Worship podcast. These conversations are designed to help strengthen you as a worship leader in the context of your local church.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Art of Worship podcast. My name is Craig Heineman and I am joined by the effervescent Nikki Fletcher. How are you, Nikki? Oh, I'm
1: effervescent, thank yeah,
0: you. Yeah, okay, good. Well, Nikki, we've been talking about doing this for quite a while now, so it's actually great to finally get in a studio and start having some conversations about worship.
1: Yeah, this is so fun. I got on a plane, actually, I got on a bus, yeah. I got on a train I got on a plane and then Craig and his beautiful wife picked me up from the airport. And here we are in the studio talking about my absolute favourite thing to talk about, worship leading in the local church. Honestly, we could talk about it for hours and hours and hours and that's what we're going to do.
0: Great. Yeah. So we actually thought that at the start... Like Right at the very start, we would talk a little bit about worship, what our understanding of worship is, why we worship, um, what's the point of gathered worship, et etc. et cetera. But Nikki, a lot of people would know you from the work that you've done with Worship Central and Worship Central Australia. Do you want to start by just telling us a little bit about
1: Yes. Worship? Well, I've been connected in with the Worship Central Network for, I don't know how many years now. It's got to be over 10 years, um, actually probably 10, 11, 12 years sort of thing. And funnily enough, I got connected in, in those early days via podcast. Uh Would you believe it? I don't...
0: What year was that?
1: That would have been 2006.
0: Cutting edge.
1: Yeah. Tim and Al Uh bantering and laughing and being silly, but providing very, very helpful, uh, I guess, revelation Uh on worship.
0: Is this where you were in Australia? Based so in Australia? I was based
1: in Australia in Curl, Curl part of C3 Church, worship leader, and um, I don't know how I got onto the Worship Central podcast, but something that reached out and met me in my context mm. and was so helpful and got connected with those guys. Later on, a few years later, I ended up living in the UK in London, being part of the HTB um, worship leader team. I was on staff and was... Big part of Worship Central there for a season in the UK. Fast forward, yeah, a few kids. Yes, I come home. Five winters in England. Time <sighs> to come home to beautiful Australia and um, start connecting with the network of worship leaders in Australia, which became Worship Central in Australia. Uh-huh. And fast forward again, <laughs> yeah. child three, which was three years ago. Um, I've been focused on my three children, and so. There's a network of worship leaders out there that um, we've connected with through Worship Central, and I just want to say hello if you're there. Yeah. I'm sorry. That, is
0: anyone there?
1: Is anyone there? I'm sorry that um, I haven't been uh, engaging, I guess. I have in my private world, and we, as we all have, but I think this, Craig and I just um, started speaking the, late last year mm-hmm. about what God's doing in the church and worship and how we would love to reconnect with worship leaders all for the purpose of seeing God's church come alive in worship. Um, so so good. that's where we're at. So hello. Yeah. Nice um, to
0: see you. Awesome. Well, like I said before, my name's Craig. I'm a worship pastor on the Gold Coast at a church called um, New Life Church. And um, I'm. this is my 10th year that I've been in this role. So we, I mean, we thought that at the very least we've made a lot of mistakes you know throughout the years that we could maybe share with people we've asked a lot of questions we've wrestled with a lot of the things that worship leaders wrestle with either you know in big churches in tiny churches yep. i think the best thing that i've been able to do like is to listen to the wisdom of others mm. and just to follow their journey and to glean from them to find out what lessons they've learned and I guess just hear their heart for for worship, hear their heart for Jesus, hear their heart for the church, and um, that inspires me. That builds me up. That encourages me, and it makes me want to get out of bed on a Sunday morning, yeah, um, week in, week out, and mm-hmm. serve the local church. Yeah. So if we can do that for others, yes, amazing,
1: exactly. And I guess this is this is a conversation. You know, we. We are wrestling through these things week after week, year after year. I think both of us have been leading worship for about 20 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're still on that journey just trying to learn and, you know, culture changes. And so I guess it's just us engaging with that conversation together Mm -hmm. and then inviting you in. And hopefully we all learn and grow together and
0: Awesome. Now we'll give you um, we'll give you some information about how you can connect, how you can be part of the conversation, how you can um, contact us, send through your questions. We'd love to wrestle with them yeah. like here yeah. with you guys, and hopefully get some more clarity on things uh, for the strengthening and the building up of the church, Amen. not just in Australia, but wherever this reaches. Great, it would be awesome. So, I guess first things first, we obviously need to maybe spend a little bit of time understanding. What is our understanding of worship? Like, why do we worship? Why do we worship? What is worship? Why do we gather in worship? Why do we sing? Yep. Like, what's the what's the point of all that? Like, is it still relevant today as it was in biblical time? Are we, you know, are we still following some archaic tradition that's yep. not relevant in today's society or or whatever? Like,
1: why do we turn up at church at ten a.m. and not ten fifteen?
0: <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Should
1: we bother to turn up for that first 15 minutes?
0: Is that's it? just the walk-in music, right? Yeah, it's just, a, vi- it's just it's setting just up the like, service so it's not <laughs>
1: awkward at the beginning. Like why do we do that?
0: gives us something to walk into so yeah. that we um, don't have to have awkward conversations with people. Yeah. Or is it more than that? I would, l- I would like to believe it's more. I would too. Nikki, if you were to summarise worship in a sentence, can you oh do it? Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> um, what is worship? Worship is our whole lives placed before God. I mean, the scripture that I just keep coming back to and I know that it's, it's so well-worn and mm-hmm. loved is mm-hmm. the Romans 12 verse 1. The message um, translation is my absolute favourite. Should I read a little bit? Yeah, why don't a you little, read it? A little excerpt. Um, so, so it says this, So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. So another translation says um, that is our true and proper worship.
0: Yeah.
1: And and so worship is my life placed before God as an offering. For me personally, I've had a had a season of um, reflection. I've been a mum at home with three children for the last few years, and before that, I've been an upfront worship leader and leader in the church and um, So I always had a strong passion for worship, but I think just having that time off the stage has been so helpful in going a bit deeper and reflecting and asking the big questions again of what is worship all about? Why do we do this? Why are we singing? Is this important? Is this worth my time and my investment? Um, And where I've landed with that is that it's actually our identity. It's who we are it's who we were created to be. Um, it's who we are as Christians. It's it's actually the fabric of who we are. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's the baseline foundation of of everything. And and obviously we're going to outwork this into singing, and and um, gatherings and church services. But on a personal level, I'm created for Christ to know Him to know God through Christ, and to build all my ideas around, of worship around that, like getting to know Christ and then he teaches me how to worship and everything that I am yeah. is for him. Another another um, little quote that has formed my – my understanding of what worship is, is um, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which if you're from the Church of England, you probably know exactly what that
0: is. You'll know what she's about to yes, say. Yes,
1: yes. It sounds very um, what academic. Mm. But actually it's a, a document that was written back in the 1600s, I think, to form Christian doctrine. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And the first question is like this is like the number one thing of what, what, Christi- is, what is Christianity. Of man. That's right. What is the chief end of man? A man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Mm. Um, and so just going back to that that space in our hearts, worship, you don't need a degree for worship. You don't need to be super smart. You don't need to be super gifted. You just need a heart after God. you you got to want to know God mm. and, um, and start from there and, Be a worshipper, yeah, because that's who we are. That's what I'm trying to say. It's identity, isn't it? It's who we are.
0: That phrase that you sometimes hear, worship is a lifestyle. uh, I've kind of unpacked that a little bit, and I like to say, I like how you put it. But this idea that worship is all of life, it's Mm. it's not like a lifestyle. To me, sometimes sounds like it's it's like a fashion choice or something that we that we put on to betray a certain image or whatever. But this idea that worship is all of life, it's all of ourselves, exactly surrendered to all of. God right yep um,
1: that's one thing that um, for years I don't hear it so much in the year 2020 but sort of like in the year 2010 yeah I was hearing a lot at worship conferences worships it's not just a song it's a lifestyle mm. which is is true but I I've or I've wrestled with that for the last 10 years and mm. and thought actually it's it's so much more than a lifestyle yeah, that's um, right. you know I go to f-45 when I'm really disciplined at 45 is a gym. I get up right. and do training. Um, that's a lifestyle, Yeah, you know, to get up and be committed and, you know, so that my body's in good shape kind of yeah. thing. Um, but I, I see worship is more than that. It's mm. who we are. It's our identity. You it's aren't, our life. you aren't the gym. No, mm. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not, I'm a, not a,
0: so going to church might be a, a, a junkie. I don't know. Going to church <laughs> is a lifestyle. It can be a lifestyle and that's lifestyle. not bad, Yeah, but it's not,
1: but it's more than that.
0: But it's not the totality of who you are. So, I mean I like to say that worship um is, is all of life and it's it's expressed in everything from attitude, conduct, consumption, sexuality, like every part of who we are, the things mm-hmm. that we think, the things that we do.
1: Finances,
0: um, everything. Business, I I love yeah. I even love this whole idea that worship is you know consumption because it's not just like what we eat or drink, but it's what we allow through our eyes, it's what we allow through our ears, like all of these decisions or an act of worship, mm-hmm. like, am I honoring God with this? Is this for the, you know, edification of my soul and my spirit, or is this, you know, undoing all the work that, it, you know, the Holy Spirit wanting to do in me to, mm-hmm. to to make me holy, to set me apart for Him, that type of thing. So, so I love the whole idea that it's all of, our, like, all of our life. It's who we are. It's inherent in, yeah, in, in our nature, and not just Christians. Like everybody worships. Yeah, absolutely. It's just who and what and how. Yeah. And so I think we can agree on what worship is. Yeah. What does is, what is our expression of worship look like?
1: Can I just add one more thought yeah, to that? do. So I heard recently uh, in the year t- 2020 on Instagram, I follow a guy called Rick Pino, really good stuff. Um, and one thing that he said, that in the simplest form, my understanding is agreement with God, a yes. I just a yes to God, a simple agreement with God, with who he is and what he's done. And actually I I, I thought that was really helpful, Mm. Um, especially when we overthink things, just to come back to that place even in the morning and go, yes, God, amen. Mm. I'm here. You're real. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Is that that helpful to
0: you? My my, uh, brother-in-law is a pastor in um, North Carolina and um, he challenges me a lot on a lot of things. I'm sure that he'll come up from time to time. But um, one of the things that he says every morning, he just wakes up and he says, Lord, before I start my day, I want you to know my answer is yes. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty challenging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's, that's an act of worship. It's like I'm, I'm posturing my, my mind, my thoughts, my spirit. Like, God, I'm going to be aware of you today. I'm going to be attentive to your voice. And I want you to know that I've made a decision now that I'm going to say yes. That, that's worship.
1: What about that William Temple?
0: Now you're going to get me to try yeah, you, and remember it off the top of my head. You rehearsed that before you were doing
1: a little note. dance no, I, and rehearsing it.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember it, but, but worship is a submission of all of our nature to God. He said it's the quickening of conscience by his holiness, the nourishment of mind by his truth, the submission of will to his purpose, the opening of our heart to his love. Um, there's a couple of others. All of this. Yeah. Gathered up in adoration is the greatest expression of which we are capable. Such a good Beautiful. such a good summary. Um
1: And if you were here you would see that Craig has not got that written down in no, his don't, notes. It's actually just from the overflow I, f- of his heart. I'm
0: trying I I try and memorize those types of things because you know, if you if you commit it to memory, then you can remind yourself when you're not feeling it. <laughs> which it's often because that's the reality, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So why worship? You say because it's what we're created to do. Yeah, right. And like worship to me, the best one of the best definitions that I've heard. It's quite simple, but it's worship is our response to a revelation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's it's our response, and we only worship because God first revealed Himself to us. Mm-hmm. I like what Tim Keller says about prayer, and I think worship, in in a lot of ways, especially sung worship or or the expression of Worship in the in the church context or whatever, in a lot of ways is is prayer to music, right? Yeah. It's a it's an it's an offering of our mind, soul, spirit, the the language that we've been given, and he he talks about prayer is um is a response language, like it's a like we only know how to speak because God first spoke. spoke. Yep. Um, in in the same way that like parent like it, our kids, they get raised up in our house and before you know it, they start learning and forming words or whatever. But if they weren't raised in the in the context that we were first speaking to them, they wouldn't know how to communicate with us. And um, I just love that idea that everything that we offer to God is a response to something that he's first revealed mm. of himself to us. So that's my basic understanding. Like yeah. if it was to all be summarised in worship is a response to a revelation of Jesus. So one of the challenges – I find as a worship leader that's been leading in the church for decades, is how do I get fresh revelation of Jesus? Mm. Like, what is it that I'm doing to make sure that I'm just seeing him from new angles and new perspectives and new, you know, different facets of his character and nature? Because he's infinitely faceted.
1: Mm.
0: The more that I pursue that, then the more overflow I have Mm -hmm. to offer a, a, a genuine offering of worship to God.
1: Yeah, it's the the we're God seekers. It's the mm. the ever seeking, ever searching, ever wrestling. I guess we can't try and know God, but just longing to know God. That that's the drive of a worship leader, or mm. sorry, a drive of the drive of a worshipper. Mm. I should say it's just that. Okay, I don't quite get it. I don't understand it all, but I want to know you, God. Mm. And then because we. St- put ourselves out there, God takes another step closer to us.
0: Nikki, why do we even <laughs> bother gathering together as a church to That's worship a good God? question.
1: Why do we gather? Well, we've got some pretty strong theology behind that, don't we? We it's, do. It's not just something we do because, because it's something people do. It's,
0: it's a bit weird. If you've never been to church... Ever in your life, yeah. there's not too many places that you get together with a bunch of other people and just
1: sing songs. Yeah,
0: face in the same direction and sing songs. Do you? Yeah. Unless you are going to a, like a concert, right? karaoke, karaoke. But
1: people usually had quite a bit to drink. No, yeah, have. That, That's so. right.
0: Although pub choirs are coming back. Have you seen, like? No, uh, you no, know? no. It's it's like church without maybe on God. the Goldie. Oh, it could be. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it could be. All right, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna unpack that further in case I've just missed it.
1: Okay, so so yeah, why oh. do, why do we gather? Because you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that think, well, I'm a Christian and I'm a worshipper, but hey, I hate coming to church on Sunday or yeah. I don't want to come to church or I couldn't be bothered to come to church. So why is it important and then when we do gather, why is it important that we we sing? Why are our services and our liturgy and for all of time our faith tradition sorry, our faith tradition has part of the the expression has been music and singing, so what's that all about, Craig?
0: What is all that about? Yeah. Well, I, you know, music is a God given gift, right? And I think, well, wow, wow, here we go.
1: Yeah, but so are uh, a yeah. lot of things, and we yeah, don't do them at that's church. That's true.
0: I think the, there's there's something amazing about music in that, it, especially when it's connected to truth, that it um. It stirs the emotion, like logic in and of itself, and I'm, I might get in trouble for saying this, but logic in and of itself doesn't necessarily demand a response from us. It's like, I know this to be true, or I know this to be false, but it doesn't, logic in and of itself doesn't necessarily stir our emotions. But music is one of those things that stirs our emotions. And emotions, when they're, um, when they're um, harnessed correctly, jolt us out of our apathy and demand us to respond in some way. It's like, it's, it's, it's the, it's the thing that makes us move, right. Mm. Our emotion. And I think that music has this amazing ability to jolt us out of apathy. Now, some people, some people like, and, and great art should do that. Right. Mm. But if music, if you hate the music, then you're going to be stirred emotionally to complain about it. Yeah. If you love the music, then it's going to lift your spirits and it's going to give meaning to the truth that you're declaring, hopefully, mm-hmm. in your churches um, beyond that if you had to just like sat there and read the words from a screen. So I think that that's one of the amazing things about music. And you see all through Scripture that music was used as a tool to commit things to memory as well. Yeah. When Before Moses died, I'd have to find the reference here, Nikki, but yeah. – before Moses died, God basically said, as best as I remember the story, in a little while the Israelites they're going to forget about me, and this is what's going to happen, and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, and then he kind of writes it, he writes it all out, and he says, I want you to tell them, and I want you to tell them in a song, so in 400 years when it happens or whatever, they've, you know, they they remember it. He gave it, he gave it to Moses in a song, yeah, like this prophecy, so that it could be passed down and. Um, So music also has that ability to help us commit things, help us commit truths to memory. Like before I ever read the Bible um, regularly, I knew a whole bunch of scripture through scripture and song, you know, like the brown book back in the day, the blue book, the yellow book. Um, And it amazed me to read a lot of the songs that I sang in church were copied verbatim in the Bible, (laughs) Yeah, not realizing it was the other way around. But there was just this, you know, the first Bible verses that I ever remembered was, was through music. Through music. And that's how we teach our kids and that's...
1: Well, before, you know, historically that's how we, we passed on stories and faith, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. S- was it?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> like you weren't, you weren't no, around back then. I know, right? I wasn't around. I
1: wasn't. No, but um, I did hear recently listening to, I think it was John Dixon actually on a podcast, uh-huh. uh, funnily enough, yep. talking about that's how we passed on information one of the ways that mm. we passed on you know information was through poetry and song and so I guess that's part of the tradition of the of the church and our theology really how we've learned about who God is and our theology was a big part of it has been the singing and yeah. the hymns and the liturgy yeah would that be correct
0: yeah and and hymns were were written you know the great you know if we talk about the the great hymns of the faith um were written at a time when printed material wasn't readily available and so the theology of Christian faith had to be taught somehow mm. and and often they were taught through the through the narrative yeah. of of hymns that's how it was passed and they were often written to I don't know what we would probably call pub tunes right you know music popular tunes of the day and 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 our theology was was interwoven into the lyrics of these these hymns and that's what a lot of people lament today right that a lot of church music yeah is kind of lacking the theological richness that yeah. that maybe the songs that we were singing.
1: And we've got a whole podcast coming up. Oh, we do. That. have yeah, really We got we'll got notes about that. We will um that's going to be a heated one, so just watch out. Podcast <laughs> 7.
0: Is it 7? Yeah, all right, we can't, can't go seven. back we're on. That a, one. We're a
1: number 1. But <laughs> so what we've established is um, gathering together is biblical.
0: It's yeah. how we singing is biblical. Singing is do biblical. Some, do you want some references for that one or oh,
1: What have you got? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, there's, there's, there's two New, New Testament references which are often quoted. Like there's Colossians 3.16, which says, um, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs to one another with thanksgiving in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says the same thing in Ephesians as well. Right after he says don't get drunk on wine, which leads yeah. to debauchery, but rather be filled by the Spirit and... You know, as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So, you know, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs could probably be another podcast. Yeah,
1: well. that, that definitely. But then, and then the other one was don't neglect to gather.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you measure church attendance at your church? Do you I'm sure like,
1: they do. It's not something that I'm involved in, but um
0: apparently, the national average these days is a regular church ent- attender is one in every three or one every every four weeks. Yeah,
1: and that's a that's a that's committed a, that's Christian. a
0: regular that's someone who would be you know yeah. because they don't have what we would have on the Gold Coast like nippers might be on a Sunday morning or um, soccer soccer or whatever it is and church is is a is a lifestyle choice right yeah but it's but it in, weaves in and around other yeah. things so it's not the most number one yeah most important priority thing. it's
1: not the priority in people's worlds even those that are committed would consider themselves committed Christians yeah and I think that's the point coming back to the the why worship the identity even you know, as we journey as Christians and, and worshipers with Christ, um, the gathering is so, 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 so yeah important. It is just really, really important. And, um, Come on, Nikki. not that we want to be legalistic or religious as such, but to gather once a week for an hour. I mean, I was talking to a friend this week and she's got four kids, I've got three kids and. A lot of people in our age group and demographic drop off quite a lot. Like committed Christians will come once every six weeks or because kids have got sports on, kids have got uh, kids are sick. And, you know, it's th- there's legitimate reasons. But for the cost of, of turning up to a Christian, a local Christian community and lifting up the name of Jesus together, coming around Jesus – Um, for one hour Mm. a week. A lot of us spend an hour a day watching TV or five hours a day on Instagram. You know, that one hour of gathering which the Bible teaches us to do, the amount of spiritual food, Mm. goodness, Mm. that we get from that one hour is infinite. Mm. And I think as Christians to rediscover the power of the gathering and not, not around... How good is it? How much do I like it? Do I like this song? Do I not like that worship leader? Oh, I can't stand the minister's whatever or, you know.
0: I thought you were going to say the minister's wife. <laughs> the minister's <laughs> I, I'm just trying to
1: think of like, you know, I don't or right. I don't like the I don't like the songs that they sing or I don't. You know, all that stuff is is very unimportant compared to why we gather. Yeah. We gather to worship Jesus and in that and out of that comes um, our Christian community and our, our spiritual life and it, and it keeps us on track as worshipers day by day. It's like we don't just turn up to gather and that's our t- that's our one hour a week. And now we're worshipers and you know it's it's like we turn up out of the overflow of being a worshiper. I mean, imagine if every single church mm. was filled with mm. people just wanting to worship God, regardless of size, regardless of style, expression. Um, there would just be an overflow of, of um, God.
0: Can, can I read you a really cool quote? Can I read Please you a cool quote? Do. Just like just to just to back you up on that. There's this um there's this author of a book called The Worship Architect. Her name's Constance Cherry. I think she comes from a bit more of a That li-
1: is a cool name.
0: Liturgical background. Constance, Constance Cherry. Cherry. She yeah. does not sound
1: like an Anglican. Well,
0: um I, it's wherever I don't actually know which church she's a part of, but she wrote this book and she said this amazing thing. She goes, Worship is not a meeting about God. It's a meeting with God. Mm, Now, worship would greatly change if an entire congregation truly sensed that they were coming to worship in answer to God's personal invitation. The spirit of the service would change dramatically. Can you imagine the expectancy, the electricity, the reverence, the awesome joy that would quickly be manifest? The spirit of the service would begin to reflect what is actually taking place in that moment, which is a meeting between the Creator and His created and remarkably it is one that god has desired and initiated amazing that's why we gather
1: <laughs> there you go thank you constance yeah good Cherry, on you, constance whoever you are
0: shout out shout um, out i don't know it, it yeah, really um it really smashed me and it helped me change the way that i approached leading gathered worship as well because it's not it's not an invitation that i'm extending to you to come with me and let's worship God together. It's mm-hmm. actually I'm reminding our church that God has invited us to worship him. Let's do it together. Yeah. And it's it's just a different posture, isn't it? Yeah. Ravi Zacharias says worship, gathered worship is the point at which all our life converges and the fountain from which all of our life emerges. Wow. Like it's this. Overflow. Breathe, breathe in. Like hopefully we're on mission for God. From Monday to saturday and and it's like we've breathed out like we're like we're desperate, yeah, we, we have to breathe in again, and we gather together and we and we breathe in God's presence and his comfort and his forgiveness and his yeah. restoration and his conviction, yeah and, and all the things that happen um, in that space, and then we 're ready to go out and be on mission for God again
1: and you. that's why that's why it's so important. That we as worship leaders understand our identity as worshipers and our identity as the church, the the body of Christ. You know, we gather to worship him and we carry that week after week that this is not our three songs that we do before the service. This is not a a platform for me to release my gift. Mm. You know, this is a space where the church is gathering to meet with God. Mm. Jesus. Mm. I mean like what uh, I, I'm 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 like <laughs> floored by is there anything that is more privileged yeah. to do than to help people meet with God on a Sunday. And first of all, I guess in our own personal worlds, rediscovering that like okay maybe maybe it's that we're so dry or we're so discouraged or so disillusioned or so bitter or whatever it is, which all of us on our if we're going to journey mm. long-term as we're gonna humans, at point. we're going to be there at some point and we're going to go through times where we don't get it and, and we're disillusioned, but through that to just say, okay, God, yes, I'm here. I'm here today. I'm alive. At very worst, I'm 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 I've opened my eyes. I'm alive. God, I want to know you. Rediscovering that why we worship, what is worship? I want to be a worshipper and then bringing that into the gathered context and bringing that into the stage and into the music and into the songs. Um and then the songs they take hold. They have a purpose. Mm. There's a reason why we're singing these songs. It's yeah. not because It's what we do on a Sunday. It's, oh, I love this song. It's rocking. It's from Bethel. Have you heard the new uh, song? Whatever. Like, that's great. But it's so much more. It's like we have an opportunity to um, sing the gospel, uh, to welcome the Holy Holy Spirit, to pray, uh, to help people express their worship. Because these guys that are coming in, they don't, you know, they've got, people come in with a thousand problems and a thousand cares and a thousand needs. And we, as the leaders have this amazing privilege and responsibility to help them meet with God through music and help them worship. So it's so, it's so important. I just feel to say, sorry, you're going to get to know me over the next, (laughs) but I just feel to say like, if, if you're someone out there in your local church and you've got 20 people turning up on a Sunday, it's just you and a guitar or you and a, a violin or, and you've just got a few songs off the CCLI Mm. thing and that's all you've got, you know what? That's enough. God can use that. God can work with that. Like you said, it's an invitation. Mm. God wants to meet with his people more than we care, more than we want them. God loves his people more than we love them. Um, So I just want to, Encourage you and yeah. and us that yeah. you know just to keep turning up with that heart and allowing God to use you with your guitar and your three songs, because um, people's lives are changed.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been happening for thousands of years, but we gather together. I love this idea of like re- to remember and rehearse the gospel together. Like we we're, we're reminding each other of the gospel every time we well we should be reminding each other yeah. of the gospel every time we gather together, and it's to rehearse it, and it's to you know to recalibrate our minds and our souls and our spirit. Like, and in another sense where we're actually stepping out of our individuality at that point and we're stepping into corporateness, we're stepping into community, and mm-hmm. there's an expression of worship that's unique to the gathered church that can't be expressed in any other way, right?
1: Wow, I haven't heard
0: that before. Uh, we've said to our church sometimes when we've been in these types of conversations, like you've got six and a half days a week to worship God individually. Mm-hmm. But when we gather together as a church, here's our opportunity to worship God corporately. And there's a different language that's used. There's a different, um, you know, the spirit of God is present in a, in a way that I, I don't even know how to, like Tim Keller talks about this a lot. He talks about like there's a special manifestation of the presence of God that happens when the church gathers that, yes, the Holy Spirit resides in every individual. There's something that, God has ordained about the gathering of the church that that we experience God's presence in a way that we don't experience in any other way. So mm. this is like our this is our gathered, this is our corporateness. This is our stepping out of you know, individuality into corporateness. I just like that idea and it changes it changes the way that we approach worship. Honestly.
1: And don't you love the idea that because God's grafted us into his His body and and his community. Um, When we can't worship, when we're so, I guess, downtrodden, we have a place to go. Mm. We have a people to meet with. And just even being in that space with people sometimes, when you can't open your mouth, when you can't sing, when you just being in that space is enough. Yeah. It's like God's song's going on. And we can join in and we have the opportunity. I mean, we're really blessed where we live. Our local church is literally at the end of our street and we walk down with our kids. And But for me, it's such a, a picture of God's church. It's it's on my doorstep, yeah. literally, and we can walk in. And on a Sunday, it's a basketball court all week in a community centre. But on Sunday, like there are 200 people and 50 kids in Avalon that gather mm. to lift up the name of Jesus to get to know who God is and and to worship together. Um, and so my point in saying that was is like even when you can't worship, we, we have this beautiful gift that is the, the church gathering that we can turn up to um, and maybe we can get better at that as church leaders to just like come on all the weak and weary, come on, yeah, <laughs> come in, you yeah. know, it's okay if you can't sing, it's okay. yeah, We'll pa- sing for you.
0: What's the take home? What's the encouragement to a local church worship leader, like you say, who may just have a guitar, 20 people that gather, or you're leading a church of thousands?
1: I would say the takeaway is to just understand that you were born to worship. Uh It's who you are. Um, I would just start with, here I am, God. Maybe that scripture, Romans 12, verse 1, like take my everyday ordinary life. Um, I place it before you as an offering. And just start there, literally start there. And every single thing that you do in your world is an outworking of your worship for God. Whether you're a mum at home, whether you're a full-time worship leader, pastor, um, whether you're a business person or a student, um, just bringing that idea of this is who I am. I am a worshipper of God. I'm called to worship him. I'm created to worship him. I'm here to worship him. And then letting God reveal Everything else out of that.
0: Maybe my challenge would also be that if you don't have a good why, Mm. then it's going to be really hard for you to lead someone in the, in the congregation that's got their arms folded, that's staring blankly at you going, I don't like the, I don't like what you're doing right now or whatever. Like you, you need, you need a good why.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Why we gather. Know your why. Know know your
1: why. Back to the why. What's the book called? Simon Sinek. Simon
0: Sinek. Yeah. Uh, First start with why.
1: Start with why. Yeah. There we go.
0: Um, and, and having that conviction as a worshiper gives you so, such a great foundation to lead the church on. And if you're not convinced by your why, if you're not convinced why the church should be gathering or what's actually taking place in the spiritual realm uh, in, in that moment, uh, yeah. I, lo- I love 1 Peter 2 5. I'm just, just going to go down a little way. I <laughs> it, it talks about the fact that we are living stones that are being built together into a spiritual temple to offer spiritual sacrifices, which are holy and pleasing to God. It It's like, and this goes back to our, in you know, stepping out of individuality for a moment. Um, stones that are being built together, but like spiritual stones that are being built together into a temple. And in that moment um, we are being gathered to offer an offering of worship to God. And God is, God is doing this. Like there's this amazing thing that's happening in the, in the supernatural, mm. in that moment, that God is gathering us together. And if, if anything else, this idea that God is setting us apart in that moment changes your perspective on why you were even here in the first place. Mm. Um, it changes our understanding of the gathering. The it, holiness
1: of the gathering kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Because
0: we're, we're, actually, we're actually being sanctified in that moment, mm. right? We're being set apart for God in that moment. I think when we're trying to nail a set list, or we're trying to execute a order of service within a minute of the run sheet, we forget, or it, it, we can certainly get distracted. Get distracted by that. Yeah. But if you have that real, if you have that revelation of why we gathered, it can it can cha- completely change the way that you lead, completely change the way that you invite. Yeah. And it will certainly help you prioritize the gathering, I think.
1: Absolutely. And I think it can also help you just relax and enjoy God. That, you know, why we're here to glorify God and enjoy Him. Yeah. You know, relax. It's not about me. That's not our why. That's Mm. not why we turn up. And then that takes the pressure off. Deep breath. We're coming together Mm. to take that deep breath together and to seek God's holiness. I love it, Craig.
0: So good. Hey. That's a good place to wrap up, I reckon, our okay. first podcast. Nikki, we want people to email us, right, yeah. w- with comments or questions um, that you might like us to discuss. So we've set up an email, podcast at theartofworship.com.au. Yeah. That's podcast at theartofworship.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you.
1: Absolutely. Hey,
0: Nikki, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Okay. Would you be able to pray for those worship leaders, church leaders, whoever might be listening to this podcast right now, um, sure. just to pray a blessing over them and that, um, you know, they might be blessed, encouraged, built up, edified by some of these discussions and that God would use them mightily.
1: Okay, here we go. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this discussion, this conversation that we've had. I pray, Father, for every single person listening right now to this, wherever they are, in their cars, in their homes, Uh, in in any context that they're in. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill them, that you will let them know that they're loved and they're called, and I pray that their revelation of who you are will continue to grow in Jesus' name. Amen.